Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Urban Underachiever Radio Show. My name is Brandon Walker. I'm here with my friends Stephanie Casey, Brent Dawson. How are you guys doing today? Hello. Ruby. I, uh, I was in Pittsburgh this last weekend. I was there on business and I was in the airport as I often am and I found that airports have become the place where freedom of speech is not just a, a right, but it's almost like a, a responsibility to a lot of people, uh, particularly those on the right. And I, I was standing in line to get on the plane, and I noticed that there was a, a, a man and a woman in front of me, uh, an older lady, and it was obviously her son. He was probably in his 30s. And I just happened to glance down, as I often do, at the books they were reading. I always like to know what people are reading. And usually in the airports, there's a short list of books that people read. Hmm. Uh, and I call them airport books. But these were um, definitely airport books. But the, uh, the guy was reading Glenn Beck's book. And the lady was reading a book by a guy named Mark Levin, who actually makes Glenn Beck look pretty tame. He, he is con- Sean Hannity considers this guy to be his mentor, if that tells you anything. So I, I began. So was he reading the book or just enjoying the pop-ups? <laughs> he, he was. At, at, he wasn't literally reading it in line, but he had it with him in his hand. So I, I knew he was prepared to begin reading it, uh, assuming he did know how to read it and all, and all that. But I was just praying. I was like, God, please <laughs> no, no, no. don't let these people sit next to me or behind me or in front of me. And my prayers were half answered because neither one of them sat next to me, but they did sit right in front of me, which is just as bad because then I, I have no way to interject. Not that I would have, but they begin talking as they often do. And I've found like the last 10 flights I've been on have been like this, where there's an old couple behind me or some people in front of me who are conservatives, who are white, who are old, and they begin talking. And I just want, isn't that to, annoying? It's, it's, it's gotten <laughs> Republicans start talking. Brent it's beyond <laughs> annoying. It's gotten to, it's, it's a joke. And I, and, and it's funny, but it's kind of sad because. Well, what, is it worse if they're sitting in front of you and you're listening to them or worse if sitting next to you and trying to push their point of views or their religion on you? I suppose that that's a good question. If they're next to you, then at least you can kind of sort of try to make them see reason. And it's not easy. I think it's worse when they're just there because you can't do anything about it. So, so mm-hmm. it, it got me thinking along the lines of where is conservatism right now in the U in the U S is it thriving? Is it dead? Is it dying? Is it changing? What's the, the current state? So this uh, podcast today, we're talking about the, the state of the union of conservatism of Republicans. And we'll get into libertarianism later, which is kind of an offshoot of that. But I want to uh, let's let's just get started. You guys tell me what what do you think if I were to ask you what is the state of conservatism going into 2010? What well, would you think? It's it's interesting I think for our our group here to even discuss this uh you know uh, from one side because none of us probably have any dire conservative friends. I mean, oh, I do. do you? You oh, have yeah. it really? See, my I family. can't even be friends with people if they're that extreme. My pa- well, it's my parents. <laughs> way, too <laughs> many. Oh. way too many. So you're stuck with them. Yeah. Well, it's my brothers and my uncles and aunts and everybody in my like like brood. you choose to be be gay and that kind of oh God you can't yeah. be gay no huh. that is a abomination <laughs> to the Lord and if you do choose <laughs> oh, and you're wow. choosing to live in sin yeah it's a yeah it's both a of you guys are from I mean you're you're both have very religious backgrounds and yeah. your families are still very religious both of you extremely. Okay, interesting. My immediate family has all pretty much seen the light and, and, and changed even some of their 
core beliefs along the lines that I have in the last five oh, or they six have. years. Yeah, it, it, I had an awesome time with my mother and my sister, or at least with my mother and some friends at uh, the, uh, on election night last year. And it was so unusual to feel that way because it, we had evolved along the same lines. Well, there's part of your answer to the question. So what has happened in the last five or six years that would be drawing those particular people out from the cult, as I would call it? <laughs> For me, it was it was pure disillusionment with the previous administration that that George Bush drove me into the arms of Barack Obama. I'll just I, I could put it that way. All right. It, almost quite literally that that it was the I was a conservative. I was right on board. I vo- God, I voted for Bob Dole. Okay, just wow. to, to show you, I voted for Bob Dole. Me I voted too. for George W. Bush as Texas governor. Me too. I voted for George W. Bush wow. the first time and the second time. Uh, Did not the second time. I, well, see, you're a better man than me. You, you. It just took me a while. I was immersed in that culture, the religious culture, the right wing culture, and it is was really all I'd known. It wasn't until I got outside of that and was able to see it. That, as as you've put it before, Stephanie, the curtain was removed, and I was able to see the wizard behind the curtain, right, right. so to speak. That's and I was saying, entertainment, yeah, 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 and it and applies here. Well, so what is the difference between your family that they are still behind the curtain, if we call it that? Given to my parents, they believe what they believe, and they're not good times or bad. They're going to hold on to that. They truly believe George Bush was ordained by God to wow. have the office that he had. So they're going to support. But Obama is not. No. Well, they'll. Yeah, they'll that's a uh, good question. If he well, was, just, then yeah. why isn't it? Right, they'll support right. him as president, but they will disagree wholeheartedly with. Anything that comes out of his mouth. Uh, not anything, okay, but good. things that they hold as dear, like abortion or uh, uh, prayer in school and, and, and things along those lines. Um, the. And they are diehard Glenn Beck, O'Reilly, Rush Limbaugh fans, which uh, which is really you you ask what the state of conservatism is in this country. Um, to me, this country is almost completely conservative, and I'll tell you why. Um, the framers of the Constitution kind of set it up that way. Um, I'm going to read you a quote, and you tell me who, who you think this is. Our government ought to secure the permanent interest of the country against innovation. Landholders, or you could substitute corporations, ought to have a share in the government to support these invaluable interests and to balance and check the other. They ought to be so constituted as to protect the minority of the opulent against the majority. Now, who do you think said that? Abraham Lincoln? Close, no cigar. Uh, I'm going to go with the other direction. I'll go Vladimir Lenin. <laughs> Way off. Um, James Madison. One, One of, of our founding fathers. Founding father and credited with writing most of the Constitution. So what What about that is outstanding to you or interesting to you? Uh, well, that kind of ensures that conservatism is always going to exist in this country. Uh, because what is conservatism? Conservatism is the domination of a society by the aristocracy. Um, but you, that, if you if you asked a conservative, then, they wouldn't say yeah, that at because all. Because so many people are not well, well off that if are they're honest, um, they are competing for the interest of business. No, uh, that's what sure. That's from our perspective. From an average conservative, you say, "What do you believe?" 
and they're pretty much a one-trick pony these days. And what is what is the thing that every conservative these days that considers themselves a conservative? You say what what do you believe in? Lower taxes, period. And that's it. They have Why? no ideas. Why? For them, it means more money in their pockets, exactly. but it's lower taxes for the wealthy. And you're proving my point. That's funny because I actually think of conservatives. If I ever talk to them, that my initial response to that would be something social, just about. Okay, so social conservatism, yeah. which would be what? Uh, you know, gay rights, gay rights, and abortion, you know, stuff abortion, like that. and yeah, anything okay. tied to religion. And those ideas are closely identified with institutions that the conservative movement wishes to preserve. It comes from institutions of thought, like churches. It comes from institutions but do they? of power, or is that just how you control people? Um, well, we're getting into a huge like philosophical question here. They obviously they can use that and have used that to control thought. I mean, if you ask yourself honestly, uh, what need does the media and advertising serve in this country? To sell things. To sell things, to control your thought, to control what you want. Yeah, of course. Um, to protect the interest of. So are conservatives anti-media and anti-advertising? They will say that, yeah. but they use it to promote profit for these corporations. We're not seeing the profit. It's designed so that big business maintains control of the resources of this country. Um, uh, Joe, well, Joe Biden had a great quote today, or I guess it was last night, on John Stewart, and he got it from his grandfather. He said, it's socialism for the rich— and capitalism for the poor. In other words, yeah, if, if I'm the CEO of a major corporation, of course I want the government to bail me out. Of course I want people to pay for my my salaries and, to, and my bonuses. But if it's for the little person, the poor, no, no, you have to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. It's all market conservatism mm -hmm. until you reach that, that point in which you're wealthy and you no longer play by the rules of conservatism or capitalism. You're in a whole different world where... Everybody is serving you and taking care of your interests. Like well, that's you said. the point. There's really no honest capitalism occurring in this country. It's state capitalism. It's uh, on a socialized level for for big business. Um, but I'll go a step further. You can throw Obama. You can throw Biden into that. They are still working to preserve the interests of profit, which goes to secure manufacturing, which goes to secure. Uh, still a huge well military. it is one of those things though because you do get into a slippery slope because you do need those companies to exist to give people jobs and to make products to sell to uh, spend let, money let, to, let me put it da, 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 this da, da, da. way every functional component of our economy is subsidi subsidized by us by the taxpayer by the taxpayer every functioning component of the economy is subsidized by but the public but how do we get money to pay our taxes how do we get money to pay through the jobs? Right. Where do the jobs but come from? <laughs> if we really, yeah, the jobs come from corporations. It doesn't have to like come from to one corporation. Stuff make stuff to sell. What about Japan? It comes from the same place, but they have laws in place to ensure that mom and pop still exist. We don't have that. Well, we, I mean, I think that a lot of mom and pops do still exist. It's just a tiny, tiny. And why don't mom and pops exist? Comparison to when we were growing up. Um, well, conservatives would say it's because they've been overtaxed, that they've been taxed too much. Right, because we're subsidizing the same businesses as we're saying that. Let's talk about leadership. Let's talk about conservative leadership in this country. Who represents, and, and you could say there's a difference between Republicans and conservatives, but for the sake of this argument, let's, let's 
pretty much it's the same. Every and you got conservatives who are Republicans or libertarians or whatever, but pretty much all Republicans are conservative. I mean, that's by definition. They believe in lower taxes, less government, or they say. Who who are the leaders right now? And do they have any leader that's not a complete joke? And that's and I'm saying that honestly. Because I I would listen to a Republican leader if they made some sense to me mm-hmm. and they weren't screaming and shouting about freedom and liberty and all these little token words and, and spewing concepts that are generating fear. That's all they're doing is fear mongering. They're the party of no. They're the party of anti this, anti this, anti this. What do they stand for? And who are the leaders right now? Who, who would you say is a legitimate leader of the Honestly, Republican Honestly, the only party? one I know from just uh, – and I don't I don't follow as closely. I mean, I'm not watching TV every night like you are on cable and stuff, so I don't see as much as, as you do. So just standing back, I don't even have cable. I just have regular television. I don't really watch it that much. Oh, you can't watch the Daily Show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can watch it on Hulu. That's right. Um, but uh, the only one that stands out that is everywhere is Sarah Palin. And oh, my I goodness. can't even call her a leader. I mean, you know, but she's she is definitely, I think, um, as far as media goes and the general public's exposure, that if you just pulled general and Republican, like she is in the, you know, she's the leader she's right now. She's the most now. recognizable yeah. and the most media packaged. Mm-hmm. She's an invention of the media. Uh, you also have J.C. Watts out of Oklahoma that is very popular, especially around here. Um, and you need Texas to win an election. Sure. Um, J.C. Watts is viable. Uh, Ford is viable. He doesn't have the South like J.C. does. Um, but those are both individuals that could do very well. Especially if Obama uh, public opinion of him goes down quite a bit. Yeah, they could easily step in and and be viable. Well, I also think that since the sort of end of the Bush administration and all this craziness with the teabaggers and stuff, which is just cracks me up to even say that. I think it's hilarious. Well, uh, do they not know? I mean, do they not know what a joke that name is? They never got the (laughs) joke. The Republicans have no sense of humor. They just don't. Um, but, uh, I, I feel like that they really sectioned off to where you have your middle of the ground conservatives and then you have your super crazy psychos. And well, I think that point. there's, what, explain that. So do you have, <clears throat> I think I split the that, conservative party or conservatives into several groups, Well, like, I, but I could do that also with the, with liberals, with we're not talking Democrats, about liberals whatever. Tonight. No, no, no. But I mean, I, you know, in general, but I think that there definitely was a big, just like you're saying, you know, Bush threw you into Obama's arms or whatever it was <laughs> you said. <laughs> Um, I think that there were a lot of people that did that. that sounds like just... a country tune, but <laughs> it, it does have potential to be a tear in yeah. your beer kind of song. That, that definitely didn't didn't walk away from their party or their um, identity as conservatives, but don't align themselves anymore with the people that are, you know, like what do we have last week? The John Stewart footage where they go and fake the the demonstration footage to look like it's a whole bunch, uh, many more people. Um, so yeah, so I well, think, here's, I think that... here's the way the conservatives look to me just in general, uh, old white Christian by far. And if you just took those three, that makes up, I'd say 90% of the party uh, over, over 40, over 50, maybe, uh, m- the vast majority of whom are white Caucasians, somehow mm-hmm. George Bush convinced Latinos that because he spoke That's Spanish, tied to, to let's go back to that. That's tied to let's go back to that. Because that's true. That's good. Uh, Bush kind of ran on a moderate kind of compassionate conservative campaign, yeah. and when he got into office, then he ran back to his base. Um, but in order to win, he needed to move to the middle, which 
for any of us, any party to win, uh, they have to move to the middle. Um, so yeah, he's going to, the people he put on his staff were these old white. But uh, I also think you're forgetting poor and educated white people. That's right. That's, that's the other half of the conservative chunk. party. That's a huge And those chunk. are the religious ones. See, those that, are your rednecks. And absolutely. And it's, it, to me, it seems like you've got these guys at the top. The, the older white religious, not not religious, maybe just fiscally conservative. They don't really care well, about the social issues, religious. sure. And but they have to have the religious right. Mm-hmm. That's their base, and so they have to care. You think Sean Hannity really gives a crap about those people? No, you know the the the, the down home God and country types, or certainly not Rush Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh is as far removed as from those people, or Michael Steele for that matter. They don't care, but they have to have them. It's a necessary evil, which brings <laughs> up libertarianism, which is an offshoot of that. And we'll get into that in a second. But speaking of rednecks, I got to play this clip for you guys. Um, this is Chuck Norris, who is an icon now, who has become an icon in in the conservative movement because he's ultra conservative from you know. Walker, Texas Ranger, y'all, and his wife, together, they're on the Sean Hannity show. And just listen to, to what they say back and forth. It's very telling. Okay. You yeah. follow the politics very closely. Both of you yeah, do. Yeah, we do. You're very... You're not happy with the direction of the country. Oh, heck no. You know, it's, it's really, you know, I feel like I'm in a nightmare yeah. and I can't wake up, John. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I really don't, you know, I wish I knew what to do. You know, the thing is, I have solutions, but, you know. Uh, exactly. Why don't you run? Why, how about, no, no, there's a solution. Why wouldn't you? Chuck Norris could be governor of Texas one day. You know why? Because I'd be sitting here with my opponent mm-hmm. and uh, debating. And then he'd start attacking my character, and I'd jump over there and choke him unconscious. <laughs> you have more control than that. No, he'd I, get don't. More votes. I don't. He probably would. He probably get a lot more you know, votes. That's the problem. You know, I have a thin skin, and it was really tough in the film world. Yeah. You know, and believe me, in the political world, I'd be Wait, killing him. What half about people. Get more Would you like want this? him to? If he just came to you and said, "Honey, I think I'm I'm going to run for the right. U.S. Senate." Right. Would you do it? Mm-mm. Would you I, want him to I, do it? I would support whatever no, decision he makes. Yeah. But I, I think we can get more done where we are now. But if he made that decision, I certainly oh, would yeah, support you. Is, with oh, the thing is, you know, with all the senators, you, know, you can't get anything yeah. done. Yeah. You know, it's, it's no, 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 you right can't. and left. I disagree with you. You can. <clears throat> well, what would I do? I'd have to choke out all the Democrats. <laughs> <you know? laughs> so, Sean Hannity, and he's dead serious about this. He really thinks that Chuck Norris should be uh, governor of Texas. And he's he totally serious. serious. You, you I, don't, I don't think, think he sounded so. serious? No. Look at the, you got to see the look at the I think Sean Hannity was uh, being spotted by, yeah. uh, <laughs> by Chuck Norris on the total gym, and he got a whiff of those <laughs> nasty, sweaty balls and got high, yeah. I think. Um, well, that's gross, dude. <laughs> but, but look, look, okay, so, okay, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. I'll give Sean the benefit, benefit of the doubt. Maybe he's joking. But... That's I don't very think he's telling. joking, but I think that that's just, you know, I mean, that's how you encourage Chuck Norris to say, you know, those kinds of things on TV. But but you hear what Chuck says. I, I couldn't restrain myself from choking out right. the guy across. Ha, 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 ha. Now that, see, that, that's a, it's a joke, but a lot of jokes are funny because they're true. And the Republican Party is made up of people who are wanting His to jokes bully. jokes are funny because he's that. retarded. That has... But they're making a policy of bullying and wanting to choke out people. And that's their that's their modus operandi right now is we're going to yell louder. We're going to scream. We're going to choke people. We're going to do that. We're going to suppress right. the other side. And it's a joke. But that's literally what a, a huge portion of conservatives, they don't understand the concept of negotiation. Yesterday, 
uh, or a couple days ago, President Obama was in uh, Asia. Mm-hmm. He was in Japan. He's meeting with a dignitary from Japan, and he bows to the dignitary out of a, si- a sign of respect, like Japanese do right. to each other. Yeah, that's like shaking hands. Exactly. Today in the media, especially on Fox News, it's, oh, uh, President Obama is bowing to the foreign leaders and blah, 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 because they don't in their head understand respect. They don't understand that, that's, that he's reaching out to I, a foreign country. I don't think that that's it at all. I think it's just the same thing we're talking about. They're trying to sell products to their audience, and their audience will jump on that soundbite. Exactly. That's it. And it's, it's unfair to say that. The conservatives are the only ones to do that. I mean, that happened when George Bush was running for election. We bound, we banged the drum of, of outrage constantly with him. We've jumped on the Patty Sheehan bandwagon frequently uh, regarding things that Bush did. So it's not one-sided. If there's an opportunity to make print or make it on air, we're going to – both sides and are going to do it. I think at this point in my life, I've certainly learned just to it's it's all just buzzing, and I know it doesn't mean anything. And generally, it's not threatening. And I think that most people are like that, but occasionally they get a big enough group riled up about whatever it is, and then you have to, you know, be concerned about what the repercussions of that are. Most but in general, the, yeah. it's a bunch of hubbub. Most well, the function of the media is to keep us distracted. It's right. not to educate us. It's to Keep us distracted, sell products, and get on with our lives. If they really wanted to inform us, we'd have more than 20-second sound bites. We'd have more than, you know, a 10-minute uh, interview of Chuck Norris. The fact that fucking Chuck Norris is on the air <laughs> is, in itself... His show went off the air like 15 years ago or whatever. I mean, it's it's he has nothing to say. He is... A guy that knows karate, and that's a guy it. That, right. And he he's a bad actor. And and he's got a sweet But he's, legitimate, he he's legitimized. He speaks at Republican rallies. He speaks at these pro-life deals. And they love him. They really think he speaks for the common people. Right, because this is a <laughs> – politics is a product now. It's not – our candidates are products. And the, whoever makes the best sales pitch is who gets elected. So you ask if the conservatism is going to But that's also live. Cause... Yes, it will because if you put a, a strong enough uh, product together – uh, and salesmanship, then yeah, it's going to survive. And that gets to the heart of the matter of actually everything that we're going to talk about forever mm-hmm. on this show or in general to each other is um, people don't really care. People do just want to live their lives in general. Occasionally there's a hot-button issue that people, for whatever reason, feel a strong identity with, whether it's gay rights or abortion or whatever they can rile people up about. But in general, people don't care. They just want to do their job or whatever, enjoy their life, you know, have their family, and that's enough in general. Well, let's look at it. The abortion issue is a fucking distraction. It has nothing to do with what can be done in this country. It's something that the president really doesn't have any control over in the first place. It's a hot-button issue that keeps Mm -hmm. the sheep dumb and stupid uh, in front of their TV with their thumb up their ass. Um, It is a distraction. It is not a real issue. Right. Or even gay marriage. I mean, gosh, how much exactly. how much more energy can you put towards you know children getting raped or whatever it is? Yeah, you know, just leads to fucking goats. That that's what's next. <laughs> uh, speaking of, of abortion, I was thinking today that's that is a, a big issue with Republicans or particularly religious conservatives. Mm-hmm. And it, it, the irony to me is the the term pro life. So to to, to them. Pro-life means supporting uh, the rights of the fetus, right? So pro-life. And yet on every other issue, they're anti-life, right? Pro-guns, mm-hmm. pro-death penalty, 
and pro war mm -hmm. and pro cigarettes mm -hmm. and pro pro it, it, pro quote freedom to mm -hmm. do whatever you want. In other words, the real things that kill people they, they they have no problem with. But those are the things the the abortion issue gives them power over individual people's sex life. And if you know anything about religion, you know sex and religion go perfectly hand in hand because when you control right. somebody's thoughts and their sex life, you control everything. Right. And that's what abortion is all about. It's not about the life. If they cared about the lives of children, there wouldn't be any poor children because we have the resources to completely eliminate hunger and poverty, not just in our country, but in the world. But we're so concerned about abortion and, and those kind of things. But you can't sell right. shit to poor children. They need to pull themselves up by the bootstraps, get a fucking job. And That's what this country's built on, damn it. Stephanie, yes. you said I heard out of the corner of my ear. Is that even yes, a term? I like it. When Chuck was talking and his wife, his dutiful wife, was yes. kind of going along with him about support. And you said something. I thought I heard you say that that was very interesting. And it segues perfectly into the next section I want to talk Ooh, about. What, what did it? you say? Something about that. Did you say <laughs> I don't know. what I thought you said was that's a typical Republican woman or a conservative woman. I said woman. something. No, I didn't. I didn't uh, exactly lay it out that way, but I just said, you know, yeah, as a dutiful Christian wife or something like right. that. Okay. So what does conservatism offer women at all? Why would you be a woman and be a conservative? To me, it makes zero sense. Well, this is actually interesting. Um, I, I have a very good friend who has this roommate that has decided in, she's in her early twenties, this beautiful progressive young lady with, you know, liberal parents who has decided to go to Catholicism and she's starting to talk like a robot. And she's, my friend actually said to her, I think it's something that gives you, if you're having trouble with who am I, what, is, what am I doing here, what is life, it just gives you this blinder. So you don't even have to worry about it anymore. Someone else is telling you. And she actually said something because she was talking about going to volunteer at the Catholic place next to the abortion clinic where you talk the women out of, you know, the poor women that shouldn't be having children that are teenagers into keeping their children. And my my friend said to her, well do you believe that? And she said, well, soon it'll be part of my beliefs. I mean, like a robot. Wow. It's crazy. Well, that's, and that gets into an interesting uh, psychology about, well, not just this country, but humanity, um, is that we all have this need for um, something Purpose. bigger than ourselves. And so when times are tough and times are uh hard on us we look for answers like you just said and it's easy to rely on an ultimate rescuer out there who can come in and save us from all this mess that's going on which is the dutiful christian wife that's her responsibility mm -hmm. is to kind of raise children to believe that there well, is something easier. bigger it's a lot itself. easier to not have to find there's, your own way if and there's comforting yourself. it's comforting it's very comforting to have answers to everything if you can trick your brain like that what is the i'm i it's escaping me right now what's the um uh you know i mean there's a there's a saying uh bliss uh what is it oh, ignorance, ignorance is bliss, is bliss. Yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah i mean well it, but i'll go so far Humanity is kind of built that way. We kind of want something bigger than ourselves because when we get down to the concept of freedom, freedom is freaking scary. We like to rally around it and, you know, uh, put it on flag, flag and waving and all that stuff. But that's not real freedom. Freedom is uh, not knowing where the hell you're going. It is creating your life as and you being move. okay with that and being all right with that. And most people are not because mm -hmm. that's one of the fundamental existential fears 
of our existence. But that's also what, again, back to the media and advertising, completely preys upon. That's, exactly. That's if they can get you afraid of something, then they're going to get you to buy they're something provide to, answers to combat for that you. fear. Mm-hmm. Whether it's your acne or like the crazy people that might break in and kill you in the middle of the night, you know, whatever it is, or the bombs coming down and you need to build a shelter. I mean, whatever it is that there's a product for, mm-hmm. they're going to make sure that you know you know that you might want to be worried. What gives me kind of some hope that we're seeing the beginning of the end of this type of conservatism. And I know Brent mm-hmm. has a bigger picture about it and, and believes that everybody, we're largely conservative. Um, I, I'm going to say we're 50-50 based on the type of conservatism that they think they have. Okay, this less government, right-wing, whatever type of conservatism that's that's sort of big right now. The reason I, I believe it is not sustainable the way it is now is because of the way our country is evolving into a pluralistic society. Uh, white people, con- Caucasians, Anglo-Americans, whatever you want to call them, are becoming and will eventually probably become somewhat of a minority. Latinos uh, and Asians and, and African-Americans, we, we are a melting pot, but Republicans hate the idea of a melting pot. They, well, they accept the it, but they don't now? like it at all. They hate it. Well, I mean, we're still a very, very white country. I mean, sure. but it's, what, but does it's, anyone it's know? But it's tilting in the other direction. Well, yeah, here, slowly. Here's how I'll challenge that because, yeah, maybe the religious element of of uh, conservatism may dissipate some. Fundamentalism of conservatism is always going to remain. It'll just morph into something else to be fundamental. Um, so if it's not uh, God and country anymore, it'll be some other form of fundamentalism, which is still providing the same outcome for the conservative party. Uh, well, I say conservative party, but for conservative thought. So, yeah, maybe the the religious right will diminish over time, but the conservative movement is still going to exist. It needs to exist. It's a, a valid uh, voice in our country that needs to be heard. It's not the only voice that needs to be heard, but it does need to be heard. Let's talk about libertarianism because to me, libertarianism is the evolution of libertarianism can succeed in where our country's going. Let me, let me kind of preface this by the fact that my personal evolution, politically, spiritually, and all that was based on I was conservative, but I was also pretty socially liberal. Like, even as a practicing Christian as a minister, I believed in that in gay rights. I was basically pro-life with with some tendencies in the other direction. Um, but I liked the idea when I got out of the conservative or when I stopped being a Republican, I liked the idea of libertarianism, which is based on the idea of social uh, freedom. Libertarianism means the gay issue is not an issue. Drugs are not an issue. The government should stay out of drugs, and we should be out of all foreign wars. I bought into that. I can, I can still buy into that. But then I was like, but I also am a fiscal conservative. So uh, libertarians believe no government intervention on the free market. Let let the free market go crazy. And so they're basically socially liberal, fiscally conservative. Mm. Uh, and I could see how that is starting to appeal to some people because they're like, you know, we're not religious. We're not been out of shape about the religious issues, but we do like the fiscally conservative idea, which as progressives, we understand that you cannot 
sustain complete market freedom because people are evil and the people at the top (laughs) do evil stuff and the free market just allows the rich to get richer and the poor to get poorer. Mm -hmm. But from a a conservative's point of view, who's kind of leaning in the direction of, you know, I don't, I don't have a problem with gay people. I don't have a problem with abortion necessarily. And I don't think we need to be in Iraq or Afghanistan to them. Libertarianism works. And somebody like Ron Paul, who is the voice of libertarianism right now, Man, I think a guy like him has a shot in the near future. Maybe because think about what you've got. You've got the Sarah Palin's on one side, radically conservative socially, radically conservative fiscally. On the other hand, you've got somebody like Ron Paul who is not radically conservative in one way, but in the other way he is. I don't see him or anyone like him getting no, elected think, anytime soon. I so think no it was a party? downfall of our middle class. I mean, I think that right now that the the top echelon is so – tiny that people are just not going to buy into that i mean our middle class is getting completely washed out so you have to look at capitalism as it exists right now in our country is that we benefit only if we can control how the parameters and we can control the parameters a whole lot better if there's just two points of view okay you brought up something good does capitalism work better with conservative social values Hmm, can you have capitalism and and I don't think you can have capitalism without because what you're saying is it, you say conservative social values manipulate the money side of things. They get people to have fear and they buy into the war. Well, I think it's and the other way around. I think profit necessitates more profit, and the only way to get that is if you um, you uh, control thought or at least try to influence well, let's, thought. Let's, let's, let's switch sides here. Let's say we have been given an unlimited amount of money and an unlimited uh, amount of time to come up with a, a, a renovation of the Republican Party. We are now in charge of the Republican Party, and we've, we, we buy into it, okay? Or let's say we say we buy into it, okay? We're those people at the top. What do we do to assure that there is a, a viable Republican candidate in 2012 and that they are able to beat Barack Obama. In other words, let's play devil's ag- advocate here. What do re- Republicans need to do to turn around their image? Because I think they have an image crisis right now. What, what could they do to turn it around besides completely changing their fundamental beliefs, which is what, you know. Do we, do we even have Go an ahead. answer? Well, it's a weird question because I wouldn't want, I mean, what would they say if you said the same thing, vice well, versa? They were saying the same thing about about Democrats not too long ago, just a few years ago. And, and uh, they did. They changed their image. They became the party of yes. They became the party of yes, we did can. Did they change their image? Hope. Or did Obama just put together a hell of a package? It, maybe a combination of both. The Democratic Party supported, they, they bought into his concept of hope and yes, we think, can and change. Do you think, well, I don't think initially they did. I think initially they were more behind Hillary. Hillary, sure. Um, he put together a hell of a package, mm-hmm. and he sold the shit out of it, and it was uh, what people wanted. It was that was what the product that they gravitated towards. So what? So what? So what could the Republicans do? I mean, they can put together a package that people will gravitate. But what to. would be the I don't message? Know what what is, is the yet? message? Yeah, I don't that... know either because I don't live in a Republican world myself. I mean, I don't. I again, I don't even have. You guys have those people in your life. I really don't. Well, and right now Texas, they can. It's amazing. Right now they can sell. <laughs> right now they can sell. There's a 10.2 percent unemployment rate in this country. Sure. Um, they can sell that uh, if they were to run right now and. Uh, 
nothing's really happened with unemployment. Um, healthcare's still nowhere. Um, but they want it that way. It. They're not going to say anything right. about that. They want, of course, that. they want. So it you're that you're way. saying they're going to do what the Democrats did about George Bush, saying if you want the opposite of George Bush, Barack they have Obama to create is the a fear opposite. In order to so now they're going to say the opposite of Barack Obama is, God forbid, Sarah Palin, or maybe it'll be Chuck Norris. But what are they going to sell the American people on, though? They, the, the idea of lower taxes, lower taxes, lower taxes, they can't use that anymore because no. they got lower taxes under George Bush, no, and it sell, crashed the economy. They'll sell jobs. Uh, they'll sell— Okay, jobs is good. Um, they'll sell another form of health care that is different than Obama's that they can get Republicans behind and hopefully what if Democrats. They're just going to spin whatever they need to to say that it's the fault of the other team. I mean, and that they can save everyone. This sounds this sounds kind of cynical, but if if they're the best thing that could happen to the Republican Party is another September 11th or something like that. Honestly, it's you know what it's going to be. It's going to be the environment. Something is it's yeah. it's coming down. I mean, I don't know if you guys follow that stuff too but much. There, but if, if there's an environmental tragedy, the Republicans are going to have nothing to say about it because they've been anti. That's what I'm saying. Though forever. they'll find a way to spin it to where the you know awful liberals and uh, have have suddenly well, made already, this happen instantly. They're already uh, with with Lord Moncton, uh, Moncton or whatever his name is, who's banging the drum about uh, uh, the climate. Uh, change that has been reported by Al Gore is all falsehood and he's got some kind of graphs and stuff that prove that it's it's wrong prove sure. that it's wrong um so they'll they'll use that angle that we're wastefully spending on something that's not really a problem and that's what liberals do um they'll throw characters like Moncton out even though he's full of shit and right. can be proven with actual science that he's full of crap um but actual science, actual science. <laughs> And, facts you mean like and, real facts yeah, like facts and, <laughs> and data who needs that shit? Um, history research but you know with actual scientists instead of some pr guy theologians yeah well, who act like scientists sure yeah he's he was named secretary of environment i think under thatcher and he's a journalist <laughs> right 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 exactly so anyway, but they'll, they'll use characters like that to prove a point, and they're compelling because they have a story that seemingly makes sense, and it's short and concise and fits into a soundbite, and that sells. There's this, this reminds me of my very favorite TBN story, which I always call the Bible Network, but I think it's the Trinity Broadcasting Network, which is also on free TV, so it's something that late at night is just hilarious to me. I don't oh, know, like there's the lady with the four wigs and... But Kirk Cameron is a big guy on oh, that. Yeah. And man. so uh, he, there was one thing that my brother and I were watching really late at night years ago. And uh, he kept saying before the commercials, I wrote this book and I'm doing this movie and stay tuned because I'm going to tell you the proof that the Bible is real. And finally, when I got to the end and he told the proof, he said, the Bible is real because right in the Bible, it says. Uh, using it to support <laughs> itself. That's, that's pretty common. But yeah, I mean, it's just that it's. Just like, okay, you know, hype, 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 hype. And then the secret is I'm saying it, therefore it's true, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah, you just spin anything that way. Well, we'll see. We got, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. The, uh, I, I just want to get away. I'd like to see the Republicans get away from this idea of, and I think it would benefit them to quit being the party of no, to, to actually stand for something that has an element of progress to it besides war besides lower taxes, which haven't worked, and besides hating and, and maligning and, and telling lies about the president. They've got to have some other trick up their sleeve. Well, I think. all this is moot because I think 
it'll it, with only two factions of the same party, and I, I, I consider this a one-party country, the business party, and we have two factions, Republicans and um, Democrats. Democrats, who are different, but they have some overlap. Mm-hmm. Um, but the only way for there to be any real change is when we as people, as grassroots movements, uh, stop being distracted start feeling passionate about something and go out and make a difference. Well, the teabaggers are help, uh, happy to take to the streets. They they don't they're the ones that are mobilizing. And I'm glad. Right now. I'm glad that they will. But you never hear Noam Chomsky on CNN. You never hear H- Howard Zinn on uh, MSNBC. You never see those voices who are real liberals who are way outside the box. Why aren't they represented? Why aren't they they're the most uh, one of you know the leading minds in in our in our country, but we never see them on TV. Is it because they don't want to bow to that level? It's of that, stupidity? and you can't package what they have to say in twenty seconds. Mm. It, it takes time for them to elicit what they're what they're trying to say, and you can't do that on a on a short news program. Good stuff. Thank you, both of you guys. Awesome job. You, good uh, good perspective, and I, and I think I'm going to give. Um, Brent, the opportunity, if you want to come out and just say you're a socialist, you could just say it right here. <laughs> and and, and uh, the first time I, Brent ever wrote me, he said, I'm to the left of Lenin, <laughs> which would, 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 uh, would make sense. But uh, I'm actually a true libertarian uh, ah, in, in the sense of uh, – So you're liber- coming out liber- as a libertarian. Uh, you know, an anarcho-cynicalism, almost anarchist uh, – you know, I think there are times where there should be some government intervention, but those are very few and far between. But most people don't um, have a brain cell going on, even bouncing around. So someone has well, to that's... control something, or else it would just be. They don't have brain cells because they aren't. They choose not to use their brains. Everybody's got some say over their own lives that makes sense and that should be heard. And if we don't set up a system to where that can be heard, then what good is it? All right. Mm something to think about. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.